Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We pick up our study in verse 1. And it came to pass... As he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, what they say, saints, Lord, do what? Teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And so he said to them, when you pray, please read this with me. Our Father in heaven, let me hear you read it, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. We talked about it, that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Are you listening? Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and he stopped in Bethany at the home of two women. One was pouting, and the other was praising. Martha, the Bible tells us, was pouting because Mary wasn't helping her get things ready, and she was angry. And she said, Jesus, tell my sister to get up and help me. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, don't you remember? He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried or pouting about many things, but Mary has chosen the better part. What's the better part? The better part is praising. Isn't it true that you can't pout and praise at the same time? That doesn't even make sense. Think about it. My hope is you. Show me your way. You can't pout and praise. It doesn't even look right. It's kind of weird. You can't pout and praise at the same time. And conversely, listen, you can't praise and pout at the same time. Just like fear and faith cannot coexist. You can't be full of faith and full of fear at the same time. It's either one or the other. Or we talked about balance last week, remember? that we need to serve the Lord, but we also need to sit with the Lord in devotion and choose the good part. Sit with the Lord. Now, as you move to chapter 11, if you put the gospel accounts together, if you've been with me through Luke, you know that I've been trying to give you a full picture of the gospel stories by taking all four gospels and kind of weaving them together so that you could see a full picture in chronological order of the events. 
So if you put the Gospels together and the events of Jesus in chronological order between Luke chapter 10, which we completed last week, and chapter 11, which we're starting this morning, is John chapter, you might want to write this down, is John chapter 9 and 10. So between Luke 10 and 11, you would take John chapter 9 and 10 and put them in there in chronological order. So John chapter 9 if you've read it, you know that Jesus is continuing his journey to Jerusalem and he meets a man that's born blind and Jesus heals the man and restored his sight. And don't you remember that famous statement by the blind man? He said, I once was blind, but somebody helped me. Now I see, you know that. And then in John chapter 10, Jesus teaches on, I am the door, I am the good shepherd. Then you come over to Luke chapter 11, verse 1, and it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place that his disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray as John taught his disciples. So Jesus said to them, when you look at verse 2, when you pray, Jesus is taking for granted that they will pray because they were his followers. And watch this. They watched him pray. Do you understand that Jesus' life and ministry was marked by prayer? His whole life and ministry, Jesus had an incredible prayer life. And it's Luke who tells us things about Jesus' prayer life that other gospels don't tell us. Luke is the only one who points out that Jesus was praying at his baptism. Luke is the only one who points out that Jesus spent the night in prayer before he chose his disciples. Luke is the only one to point out that Jesus was praying, get this, as he was transfigured. Luke is the only one to point out that from the cross, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. He's the only one to tell us that Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desire to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Luke makes it very clear that at the core of Jesus' life and ministry was prayer. As a matter of fact, get this, you're going to love it. Right now, you know what Jesus is doing right now? He's praying for you. And let me tell you something. It's one thing to have Pastor Rodney praying for you, all right, which is a lovely thing. And... And like the word lovely is a lovely thing. But it's something altogether different when Jesus is praying for you. How do you know that, Rodney? Because the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that he ever lives. Anybody know that verse? He ever lives to make intercession for you. Jesus is praying for you right now. His whole life was a life of intercession and prayer. And listen, I tell you that to tell you this. If Jesus, the Son of God, prayed and needed to depend on his Father, how much more do we need to be people of prayer? Can I get an amen? We need to be people of prayer. After watching Jesus pray, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us us to pray. I find it interesting that they didn't say, Lord, teach us to do that walking on water trick. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to multiply the lunch, two fish and five loaves of bread. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to heal. Lord, teach us to usher. Lord, teach us to preach. 
Lord, teach us to teach. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Why? Because, listen, prayer is the, and I'm learning this. I'm learning this. Prayer is the most important thing. What, only three people agree with that? Prayer is the most important thing. If you neglect prayer, you've neglected the most important thing. You know, someone once said, and I think, don't quote me, I think it was Chuck Smith, who said, you can't do much before you've prayed, but there's nothing you can't do after you've prayed. Lord, teach us to pray. Did you get this? They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to pray because they were Jews and Jews knew how to pray. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to pray. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. As Steve mentioned before he did that song, beautiful song, actually. Yesterday at prayer meeting, there was, there was 120, 125 people at prayer meeting. That really, really blessed me, really blessed me. Because I remember we first started praying here. Because I, I still, y'all from the old school, you know it. We got contemporary music, coffee, cafe, bookstore, everything's real nice and hip and cool around here. But we're not that cool that we leave the word of God. Y'all a tough crowd, okay. <laughs> All right, it's going to be a long afternoon, okay. Y'all finna make me, oh yeah, y'all want some of this, huh? <laughs> okay, listen, <laughs> look, we're not that cool where we leave God's word. I'm from the old school, and I believe that we need to be people who pray. And we need to, uh, wait while you clap your hands. And always have, I always have. We started our prayer meeting, I don't know, about nine years ago. And it was Pastor Jim, Miss Melissa, Miss Elvira, and myself. It was four of us in the prayer meeting. And the four of us gathered to pray every Saturday at nine o'clock for probably three, four, five years before we finally got up to about 10 of us. But we believed in prayer. And then we continued to pray and continued to pray and before you know we had 30 people and then we had 50 people and then we had 60 people. And last year, toward the end of the year, we had 75 people. And then last Sunday, we had like 125 people-ish. And the reason why I know that, because we set up 142 chairs. And most of them were all filled. Let me do the math. It was somewhere around there. But that was a real blessing to me to see people coming. And me personally, I think a church this size, there's no reason why 10% of the church cannot gather in prayer one Saturday of the month. Where we get together and we just, an hour, and we're very punctual. One guy came, it was the first time, yesterday. And he said, oh, it was a great prayer meeting. It was just wonderful. And he said, it started on time and you guys were very punctual. I hadn't heard the word punctual in God knows when. <laughs> Since I was in Catholic school and a nun said, you are unpunctual. <laughs> but okay, fine. <laughs> oh, you yeah, were very punctual. You guys stopped on time. I'm like, yeah, because Jesus said, can you pray for one hour? And to me, in the Greek language, one hour means one hour. Let the church say amen. <laughs> one hour means one hour. So we got together for one hour and we prayed, and we need to be people of prayer, and we don't need to be people, listen to me, who only pray in an emergency. Yeah. 
Man, a whole country praying for Haiti right now. Don't misunderstand me. Haiti needs prayer. I need prayer. You need prayer. The church needs prayer. The world needs prayer. 9-11? Man, a Sunday after 9-11, folk were in church. They thought the world was coming to an end. Church was packed with all three services. I'm telling you, cars, people, folks. You know what that means, I'm speaking to you. <laughs> Interpret. They were all out there. In the lobby, we're pulling chairs out of the office. Everybody was coming to church because, hey, man, people thought it was the end of the world. People would tell me, Pastor Ronnie, you think it's the end of the world? I said, nah. How you know that? Because Jesus ain't come yet. <laughs> How you know he ain't come? I said, because I'm still here. <laughs> I'm going to rapture. I don't know about you, but <laughs> Pastor Rodney leaving. <laughs> How you know he ain't come yet? Because I'm standing here. If he came, I'd be right with him. And I wouldn't be talking to you. Where was I? Talking about people praying in an emergency. So everybody's praying for Haiti and that's good, but you don't want to be the kind of person who only prays because you have a need. And you, all, you come to God, and then you start making promises that you know you're not going to keep. God, I tell you, if you just do this for me, God, I will stop that bad relationship. I will stop this ungodly behavior. Lord, if you just do this, God will just do it, and you keep down the path of your ungodly lifestyle, making promises you don't intend to keep because you're praying in an emergency. We need to pray because the Lord told us to pray. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Matthew chapter six, you go ahead and write that down. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Now, how were the hypocrites? Well, the hypocrites, they were the Jewish people who loved to be seen of men when they prayed. They loved to stand on the corner and offer up these loud, long, repetitious prayers. Matter of fact, the rabbis taught whoever's prayer is long is heard. They taught that. If your prayer is long, it's heard. And they had a prayer for everything. They had a prayer for life. They had a prayer for death. They had a prayer for birth and marriage. They had a prayer for the dawning of the day. They had a prayer for the setting of a sun. There was a prayer if you crossed a river or an ocean in your journey. There was a prayer when you leave town a prayer when you come into town. And listen, the motivation was good because they were trying to include God in every occasion of life, but when they started writing them down and memorizing them and then enforcing people to pray these prayers like that, well, that's when it became legal. Do you understand? That's when it became the law. That's when it became lifeless and routine and fleshy. Well, they had certain times in which they prayed. They prayed at the third, the sixth, and the ninth hour. And the Pharisees taught the more informative your prayers are, God will listen. The louder your prayers are, God will listen. The longer your prayers are, God will listen. And isn't it unfortunate? Some people believe even today that the strength of prayer is in the length of prayer. Don't they? 
They believe if you pray long and you pray hard, God's going to hear. That's why you know what I'm talking about. That's why at Thanksgiving, you know who to ask to pray and who not to ask. <laughs> Is it just me? You know, do not ask him to pray because he prays long, the food gets cold, I'm hungry. Not hungry, hungry. Some folks, they like to pray and they get the, y'all got anybody in the family like that? Nobody don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. You have people that they get the praying and it's like, Lord, bless the carpet and bless the, <laughs> Lord, bless the curtains and Lord, bless the food. And I'm like, yeah, speaking of the food, <laughs> you know, bless the hands that made it and the fingers that touched it and the eyes that looked at it. And it was, <laughs> I'm like, you're killing me, man. I'm like, I just want to eat. <laughs> Some people believe the strength of prayer is in the length of prayer, or they believe that the louder they are, the more anointed they are. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So you get in these prayer circles, and people, they get loud, and their volume begins to escalate, and you can tell. And so you're all bowing your heads and your heart, and all of a sudden start getting loud, and then one eye open. That's what I do. Maybe you don't do that. But I do that because I'm looking around and see who else thinks this is weird. And uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, you know, they're screaming and loud. And it's like, listen, God is not deaf. God does not wear a miracle ear. God's not deaf. He can hear you just fine. You don't need to be long and you don't need to be informative in your prayers. I realize a lot of people, when they pray, they're just trying to be descriptive and trying to, <laughs> and trying to let, you know, God know, you know, be, just being descriptive and, and being specific. And the Bible says, ask and seek and knock, and I understand that. But, you know, I think we've got to be mindful that we don't really need to be informative. You know, we serve a God who knows everything. Can the church say amen? We serve it. Yeah, he knows everything. And, and, and he's all powerful. And, he, and he, he knows. We don't have to be descriptive. You know, like, you know, well, Father, I pray right now that you would help my wife. Uh, her name is Elvira. And she needs you, Lord, to touch her body and to heal her, Lord. You see, it all started when... <laughs> God's probably like, I know, I know, I know. Oy vey, oy vey, come. <laughs> we don't need to be informative. Listen, your prayers, if you want to write something down, you can write this down. Your prayers can be concise and precise. Concise and precise. So Jesus has given them a pattern of prayer here. Now listen, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and I've been told that, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I have been told that this was the Lord's Prayer. This is not, anybody else ever heard that, that this is the Lord's Prayer? Okay, listen, that's not right. This is not the Lord's Prayer. This is a model prayer. The Lord's Prayer, you'll find that in John chapter 17. It's in John chapter 17 that Jesus is praying for the world, he's praying for the disciples, and he's praying for the future, for the church, for you and for me. So that, that's the Lord's Prayer, John chapter 17. What we have here is the model prayer. Now in this model prayer we'll take a look at, we actually dealt with this quite in depth in Matthew chapter 6, and you can order a CD from the tape library or the CD library 
bookstore. You can probably order it there as well. And, um, but so we dealt with it in depth, and we're not going to do that today. But I do just want to touch on a few things and maybe give you six or seven points that we can kind of draw away and take away from here. First of all, we want to look at his person. Notice in verse 2, so he said to them, when you pray, say the person, our Father. Are you getting me? The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And they're probably standing there with pen and paper in hand, ready to write down the seven easy steps to pray. And Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father. Listen, when he said that, they were shocked. They were probably like, what you talking about, Willis? Just shocked. Because a Jew, listen, would never refer to God as father. Never. Elohim, El Elyon, El Shaddai, a host of other names, Yahweh, Tetragrammaton, YHVH. We believe that's Yahweh in Hebrew. Yahweh, but they would never refer to God as Father. Now, the Aramaic word for Father is Abba, and it's the most intimate way to address your Father. It's a word a child might use when talking to their Father. The best translation of this word for us would be Papa. If you go to Israel today, are you listening? If you go to Israel today, you'll walk around the old city. I've seen it myself walk around the old city or the new part of Jerusalem, see kids running. They've got playgrounds and everything, and kids are running behind their mom, and they're saying, Ima, Ima, Ima. That's Mama, Mama, Mama. Or Abba, Abba, Abba. That's Papa, Papa, Papa. Jesus is saying, you now have a beautiful, intimate relationship with God, so come close to Abba, and jump up into Abba's lap. Listen, you can, as a believer, come into the presence of God anywhere. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 tells us that we should come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of what saints need. So come right in and come right now. You can come into God's presence anywhere. Yes, last week I was talking to you about having devotion and sitting down and having devotion. And, 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 and likewise with prayer, we need to sit down and have a time of prayer. And yes, I guess you can pray in your car. Some people say, well, I, you know, I have time of prayer in my car. Well, the Bible says pray without ceasing. So yeah, we need to, pray. We, we need to be praying without ceasing. I would just say, if you pray in your car, don't close your eyes and fold your hands. You might kill somebody. Amen. Don't want to go to jail. Not unless you want a prison ministry. <laughs> but we can boldly come to the throne, boldly come into God's presence. You know, when I'm studying, I tell my secretary from time to time, I will tell her, and you guys know my secretary. Her name is Michelle, and she's been my secretary for 13 years now. And I'll, I'll tell her I'm over in my office and she's over here and I'll call her up and I'll tell her, you know what, I'm not taking any phone calls right now. I'm in study. I'm not taking any phone calls right now, no visitors and so on and so forth. And she's like, okay, pastor, no problem. Now, my secretary, now mind you, I've got a lot of staff pastors as well on staff, but I tell my secretary because my secretary wears leather. 
and she's one of those biker for Jesus people. And uh, you don't want to mess with my secretary. So if she, if she, if I tell her no calls, nobody's coming to visit. You ain't getting past her. She will knock you out. She loves the Lord. She pray for your healing. She loves Jesus. So I'll tell her no calls. But listen, there are two people that have access to me, no matter what, anytime, any place, anywhere. Anytime they want, they can come boldly, even without knocking on my door. And that will be my wife and my children. And oftentimes my children do come boldly without knocking on the door. (laughs) And they can come at any time. God is saying to us that we can come at any time. We have like a full access to the Father. And listen, the reason why my family can come anytime and the reason why we can come anytime is because of relationship. Jesus is teaching them, are you getting me? He's teaching them that you have a relationship with, with, with God. Therefore, start your prayer with our Father, his person. Secondly, if you're trekking with me, notice his place. Our Father in heaven. And we need to reverence him in heaven. Guys, listen. God is holy. We live in a culture now where people really don't have respect for who God is. We need to reverence God and respect him. He's holy. He's separate. He's not the man upstairs. He's not the big kahuna. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.